Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod, MN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for joining me today. It is a great pleasure to have you on board with me also today to talk about the Minnesota Wild into the postseason. Well, things started out well and have not gone well ever since. Kind of similar to last year. Minnesota Wild, great game one. (laughs) Well, at least a great game one after the first period. After Vegas, they survived a buzzsaw from Vegas. And after that, well, you know, (laughs) it's, uh, well, the Wild are trailing three games to one. Yeah, it's like, why delay the inevitable? The Wild trail three games to one. That's pretty much all there is to say. It's uh, all this talk about, well, the Wild have a great home record against Vegas. We have a great overall record against Vegas. We should be fine. Well, it's the postseason, and it's Minnesota sports. It's kind of like, it's kind of reminding me of the Minnesota Twins. You know, you get, uh, you have the Guardi era. We can't beat the Yankees. We can't win a playoff game, blah, 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 blah. Sure, they advanced to the ALCS one time. Uh, beating the Oakland A's, barely. But they survived and beat the Oakland A's, got to the ALCS, and got crushed by the Anaheim uh, Angels, or Los Angeles Angel Anaheim, or whatever the hell they called them. Screw that team. And, well, the whole TK era was definitely gone, because back in the TK era, Tom Kelly, Twins make the playoffs, they win the championship. They go all the way and win the World Series. So that was the end of that wonderful time. And the Twins haven't won a uh, series of any kind since... And it got to a point having won a playoff game. Uh, wild history isn't as bad. It's not like we were getting swept every single series we played in, but it just feels like different era. You know, there's no more Granlin, Coyle, Niederreiter, oh! You know, like <laughs> Declan Goff making fun of uh, Anthony LaPantha and just that whole era with those same old players, blah, blah, blah. The sad truth is, though, there is a couple of the, that quote-unquote old guard, even though they're not that old, but aging young guard that uh, are still remaining, and at least one of them is probably as good as gone at the end of this playoff series. Some of you will guess who it is, some of you might not, but uh, there's at least one of them that was drafted around that same time, around that same age group, that will, very small chance he's going to return. A guy who's been on trade talk forever anyway, I pretty much gave it away. Um, it just feels like, though, 
there's a change in the culture and everything. Everything changed and everything's different and all that good stuff. And we make the playoffs and it doesn't look all that different. It doesn't look all that different. We still can't score. Uh, we still can't win faceoffs. We still stink at the power play. Uh, the goaltender's better. That's about it. The goaltender's better, but when they were leaving him out to dry, that would be Cam Talbot, of course. He certainly hasn't been perfect. Uh, he doesn't make some of those spectacular saves you'd like to see on some of those breakaways, but then again, what are you going to do? Some of those, there's just like, what the hell can you do? As uh, the late Jerry Burns would say. But you sum up this series in the four games so far we're at, now trailing three games to one, of course, <laughs> last year in that uh, play-in tournament, the round robin. Well, right after the round robin, it was like a play-in round, the extra round. It was a five-game series, which I wouldn't be completely against. We would already be eliminated. We won game one against Vancouver, and then it just wasn't the same. Uh, a lot of the old guard was still here, at least some of them. The super old guard, like Amico Koivu and Eric Stahl, guys like that, were still here. Um, they were obviously moved on. And now, well, you have some of the old guard as well, like Parisi Suter are still here. Well, <laughs> there's going to be some changes in the offseason. There absolutely have to be uh, at the end of the day. We're, we're good at goaltender for now. Obviously, we don't have a guaranteed long-term solution at the goaltender position, but short-term solution, sure. We'll see what happens with Kakinen as a long-term solution or somebody else down the line. But um, obviously, the season isn't over yet. We all know about the wonderful comebacks we had against Vancouver and, of course, Colorado years ago, and it looked completely bleak. There's no way in hell this wild team's going to beat the Colorado frickin' Avalanche, trailing three games to one, and then we had a gutty win, and then you have an overtime dramatic win, and then you end up another overtime dramatic win in Game 7, and then go on and trail three games to one again versus Vancouver, and then come roaring back in that one and win that search. I don't feel that is going to happen this time around. The players look pretty defeated, even though they did back then. It's just a different thing. That was kind of a that was kind of a, a flash in the pan. That's just one of those things that happens like once in a generation or something, where you have some kind of a crazy run that's completely unexpected. Like the North Stars generation, then that was the early Wild generation. It was about how many years later? It was only twelve years later. It's kind of hard to believe, actually, only twelve years. But I guess part of a generation later. It's kind of weird, actually. Weird, weird when you put that together. Just how long ago that run is to us now. It's like two generations, it feels like. Um, certainly multiple generations of hockey players at the end of the day because players don't always play 20 years in the league. Um, but just, you know, yeah, of course we were underdogged. Of, of course Vegas is the better team, this and that. But couldn't we have expected better? Could we have expected better? Is it so wrong to expect that? I'm not so sure. Uh, the game one, it just reeked of like the Wild were going to lose that one. That's the whole funny part. The one we actually ended up winning, going to overtime. And Jules Eriksson-Nak, who apparently owns the Vegas Knights. He's been spectacular against them, particularly against Marc-Andre Fleury. This whole series, every time you get a great scoring chance, next thing you know, he's flying around and making the great play, making the great glove save. And the Wild just aren't seeming to make any type of adjustments about it. Yes, Marc-Andre Fleury is a future Hall of Famer, but he's certainly been beatable, particularly against the Minnesota Wild, historically. The Jewel Erickson Act, Marcus Foligno, and Jordan Greenway, I guess it's called the freak line. There was the geek line with Luke Cunning, which nobody, who nobody misses anymore. It's kind of funny when you think about that, um, considering who we got back. I mean, not just been, you know, but obviously Kuznadinov, pretty, pretty damn cool there. Um, 
the Freak line, they've been by far the best line in this series. It's not even close. Greenway's been generally invisible, but then again, he's made a lot of hits. He's shown his physicality. <clears throat> he still might be on his way out at some point. We'll see. He kind of reeks like he's another coil, Niederreiter, Grandland. He's kind of one of those kind of guys, like a new generation of those guys. Jules Eric is is not. He's been one of the MVPs of the series. No question about it. He's been one of the MVPs of the series. Matt Dumba is a guy who just gets the same stupid penalties. The guy who gets the same, he gets beat over and over and over again. He doesn't provide the offense he did before the pectoral injury. I mean, before the pectoral injury, it looked like Matt Dumba was like almost like a junior Brent Burns out there. 50, 60 point season type of guy. 25, 30, like a 25 goal power play machine. And it's just not it. Uh, he's not it. If he's not a number one power play guy at this stage of his career, I don't think he's long for the wild. I, I really don't. I don't think Matt Dumba's long for the Minnesota wild. Uh, Mark Stone has pretty much killed us. And, of course, Alex Tuck. I almost called him Jonathan Tuck because I keep looking at Jonathan Marshall. That guy's a tough SOB, isn't he? Alex Tuck just uh, makes you want to drop an F-bomb every couple seconds. Alex, you get the idea. F-U-C-H. You know, just, yeah. You know, must be Fred bleeps. Just like the angry video game nerd would say. Spell it out the same way because it showed up on a video game uh, years ago. Fred yeah, Fred. Fred with that that word. Um, it's kind of funny, but spelled like Tuck, you know. Yeah, Alex Tuck's spelling. Um, he's absolutely destroyed us. Obviously, he's got the speed. It's just so frustrating because he looked so timid when he was with Minnesota for the short time. And you figure, I don't know, hopefully he's going to provide more. And how Greenway seems so timid, not, not using his strength, and then he's kind of just finally showing something. But he's nowhere near Alex Tuck. Not even close. It just figures. The one we keep is the one that doesn't emerge. And the one we don't keep is the one that's, you know, oh, it's David Ortiz or whatever. You know how David Ortiz was like a Mark Grace for the Minnesota Twins years ago. He'd hit like 13 home runs and 60, 60 RBI. Goes to Boston and he's Babe Ruth's, you know, <laughs> he's Babe Ruth's Latino version. What the bleep, man. That's just Minnesota sports in a nutshell. Minnesota sports in a nutshell also could have been like I would have thought. You're in this game where you just can't score. You get these scoring chances, and the goalie keeps making spectacular saves, and then you get beat, just like we did in the uh, Sean Shabazz-Jagair. Similar situation with uh, Mr. I don't even want to remember it anymore. The St. Louis series with, uh, I, I don't even know. You get the idea. The St. Louis series, of course, the 50 shots weren't nearly as spectacular as uh, some of the ones against Marc-Andre Fleury and some of the saves. But still, it, it is what it is. It's still damn frustrating. Cam Talbot was arguably much more spectacular, particularly in that first period where the Wild were absolutely owned. Uh, Wild were so much better after that. And then we were really good in the set, in the first period of Game 2. And pretty much ever since then, it's just not been the same. Uh, we've had multiple goals disallowed. <laughs> multiple goals for Julius and Eck that have been disallowed. Really disappointing. Uh, the most recent one, of course, again, in game number four, the Wild were down one nothing. You think we tie it up right away? Okay, great. Now we're showing them what's going on. We're going to show them what's up. We're going to tie this series up, and here we go. Let's make things real interesting. And then the goal's disallowed because Felino, I guess, had his skate in the crease. I guess that's the rule, I, I guess. And a lot of people disagreeing with it, thinking it's BS. Pat Micheletti saying that's the rule, and then he got in a huge heated argument with... Uh, Kevin Fallness, and they made a big thing out of it, and they're mostly just kind of having fun with it. They're not enemies or anything, but still, 
I don't know, whatever. It's a BS rule. Uh, even Micheletti knows it is, but uh, he's still saying it still is the rule. It kind of is what it is. I guess that's just how it goes. And after that, the Wild showed no fight, pretty much. It, it was just devastating because, of course, Vegas scored right away, just like uh, when the Wild had a chance to go up 3 nothing. The Wild were offside by like a millimeter, thanks to, uh, you know... <laughs> Thanks to Nick Bukestad. Off, offside by a millimeter. That goal was disallowed. Wild could have been up 3 nothing. Jules Eriksenek would have had two goals in the game. Jules Eriksenek has just been the absolute stud in this series for so many reasons. Physicality and goal scoring, for Pete's sake. Goal scoring from Jules Eriksenek. What do you think of that? You know, as people would have thought that's weird in the past, where now it's, it's kind of becoming a thing a little bit. Uh, the physicality has been driving people crazy, and he's, you know, doing just a hell of a job. He's like a better West Walls in a lot of ways. He's not as fast a skater as West Walls, but he provides a lot. Uh, he's just a hell of a defensive uh, center for Minnesota. He's by far the best center we got, and he's actually been scoring goals in the post-freaking season against a team you don't really score a whole lot of goals against. That's for damn sure, and the Wild have been outscored uh, well, since that uh, goal was disallowed. Well, yeah, since it's been, uh, well, it's been a lot of unanswered goals. The Wild were up 2 nothing. remember, and tried to go up 3 nothing. At one point, they were up, tried to go up 3 nothing, and we've been outscored 9-0 ever since. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. Gorgeous statistic. 9-0. 9-0 since then. That's, um, I, uh, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how pathetic that is, actually, at the end of the day. 9 nothing. I mean, that pretty much says it all. And how the announcers last night as well, when Parisi was hit in the face, he finally got to play in a game because, uh, Marcus Johansson had a broken arm and a very nasty play. Obviously, that probably should have been a bigger situation than it was. That was a pretty cheap situation there. Marcus Johansson winds up with a broken arm. It looked strange the way he was coming off the ice. It looked more like some kind of a knee or ankle injury. or I even thought it was a femur, you know, like or maybe like a, a quad contusion. Something like that. And it ends up being a broken arm. But, okay, so there's little to no chance we'll see him again. He probably won't return to the Minnesota Wild either, unfortunately. It's a shame. And then you figure, well, here it comes. Matt Boldy. Okay, it's probably going to be Parisi, but maybe it'll be Matt Boldy. Maybe. And then it is Parisi. <clears throat> but then Nick Bukestad's also taken out of the lineup. And instead of Matt Boldy, it's Kyle Rao. Kyle Rao. <laughs> it's Kyle Rao. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah, Kyle Rao's a part of the future. Nah, no, he isn't. He's just kind of a minor league quad A player. That's what he is, at best. He's a quad A player. He's, he's a good AHL player. Great with the Gophers and all that. Nice Minnesota grown player and everything. We all appreciate him. He played high school in Minnesota, grew up here and all that. God bless him, but he's he's a quad A player, damn it. Um, and Matt Boldy just rots on the on the rots up in the press box with the other taxi, taxi squad players. Zach Parisi, by the way, again, like I was saying, gets hit in the face. On a play, obviously drew blood, hit in the face of the stick. A four-minute double minor, and the Wild can muster a whole lot of nothing. I mean, Vegas was pretty much clearing the puck every couple seconds, and the clock just kept on ticking. Zach Parisi never got put out there on the power play, which irked uh, the announcers and probably irked Zach Parisi in a lot of ways. I don't know what, what to think about that. It's not good. It's not nice. He probably could have gotten out there for at least one shift in a four-minute uh, penalty. But, well, what's also great is the nasty turnover. And then Mark Stone was able to score. So, not only did we not score, <laughs> but Vegas did. Yeah, Vegas did score. 
Did a four-minute double minor. Yeah, Vegas scored. And then the announcer said, well, after a, after a four-minute double minor, Vegas comes out better than what they started. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much some, that pretty much sums it all. You'll hear about that in segment number two with the Twitter conversation. But where I sit here looking at this team, because if anything, it's just another extended analysis for uh, Bill Guerin and Dean Evison with the future of this team, and we'll see. I don't think Dean Evison's job is in any type of jeopardy. I'm sure it is, and I, Bill Guerin seems to really be happy with him. Uh, um, but you can really evaluate these players more than ever, especially now in postseason, uh, postseason play. There's certain guys to me, part of the, the guard of the Granlin Niederreiter, Granlin, Niederreiter, Coyle, all those guys. Coyle, Granlin, Niederreiter, all those guys. To me, that's Matt Dumba. He's he's a part of that guard. Obviously, Brodeen's in that in this in a similar age group as well, and all that. Brodeen's excellent. I think the Wild are making the right choice in terms of signing him for the long term, which also spells the most likely end of Dumba law, uh, at the end of the day. It's a very strong possibility. Dumba, I don't think he should be back next year. Um, I, I think it's time for him to go. I think a lot of people would agree with that, actually. Via trade or whatever it is. Via trade or here's a crazy idea. Crazy idea. It's not that crazy. But, you know, all this talk about, oh, we'll probably have to trade him before, you know, we get the expansion draft because we don't want to, like, lose him with no compensation. At the end of the day, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> okay, you lose him. But you also lose the contract, too. The contract's gone. I mean, is that the end of the day? Is is that really the end of the world? If you want to keep Carson Susie so bad, expose Matt Dumba to Seattle. It might be a crazy idea. might be the dumbest idea. No compensation. But at least you get rid of the contract. And you have Kaylin Addison and Brandon Mental potentially, to, uh, you know, fill in that role moving forward. Those guys could kind of compete for that duke it out, so to speak, for that uh, second defensive pairing role, which could also get on the second power play unit, which could make make the player, whichever young player, uh, productive enough early on in his career to get things rolling and hope for the best. Matt Dumba's defense has never been that good. His mental game has been up and down at best throughout his career. The dumb bombs, as they call it, just haven't been dumb bombs anymore. Uh, he's too predictable. Uh, too predictable. Uh, then he doesn't get shots anymore because he just probably figures it's going to get blocked. He, he's shot a lot less, and then when he did shoot, it got blocked in the past. He became a very predictable guy, uh, whereas before he was just so lethal, it almost was like, holy cow. <laughs> it was like, holy cow. I mean, and he kept scoring goals at a great pace. But for me, Matt Dumba, I think it's over, it, and it's got to be. Zach Parisi, it's got to be over. It's got to be. I mean, if you're not even putting the guy on the power play anymore, how the hell can you bring him back? Pure insanity at the end of the day. Uh, it's going to have to be some type of trade where we eat some of the contract and all that, but also they eat some of it as well to kind of free things up. You'll still have a cap hit at the end of the day, but it won't be the full cap hit anymore. You'll be free of that. Particularly a couple of years, the cap hit will kind of hang around, but it won't be nearly as bad. Uh, buyout would last forever. That's the unfortunate thing, because it doubles. Uh, you you cut the amount of the cap hit, but then the term doubles. That's the problem. So, <laughs> it would double for It would be like, what, like, seven, eight more years. It'd be like Roberto Lomongo still getting paid by the uh, 
I forget if it's the Florida Panthers or the Vancouver Canucks. I think it's the Canucks, right? Yeah, it's the Can I'm pretty sure it's the Canucks. It's one of the two. Shoot, I kind of forgot how like they were still paying Roberto Luongo, who was already old in the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, he was already becoming an older guy. He was very good, but he's becoming older. Um, that type of thing. They're still paying him. That's how it goes sometimes. Um, heck, the New York, uh, was it the New York Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla? Or is it the Florida Marlins? Who cares? Uh, I think it's the New York Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla, and he's like 60. <laughs> Some stuff is weird out there. That's just a weird random thing, but um, Bobby Bonilla. No, Bobby Bonilla, who used to be Barry Bonds teammate in the Pittsburgh way, way back in the early 90s and late 80s and stuff. Uh, best video game era ever. Um, I hope Brent, I hope, uh, I hope Derek Felsky agree, uh, agrees with that. But no, I mean, kind of just takes thoughts, feelings of this team as we're most likely heading into the offseason, as we evaluate the situation here. We're still in the same place as we were before. I mean, the elephant in the room that I haven't even mentioned is Kirill Kaprizov's been a virtual non-factor. In game one, I saw a look on his face in the first period, like late in the first period, early in the second period. He kind of had this, huh, look on his face, like, huh. Like, I don't know if the guy's, if the guy had some kind of an injury that we're not knowing about right now, that has not been disclosed in any way. And he's maybe, even he's kind of partially keeping a secret some kind of an injury that's preventing him to really be what he needs to be. Or if, you know, and obviously, or if Vegas is just doing such a great job bottling him up, which they are doing, by the way, that it's kind of throwing him off to a point of he's just like, damn, I don't know. I don't know. He had like a puzzled surprise. He, he, he kind of had a puzzled kind of like, what the hell kind of, what the hell can I do look on his face? Which gave me a, gave me a, uh, Kind of a, it gave me a weird feeling going into the series, like thinking, oh boy. And, well, he finally got a point in game three. He finally got a point. Fiala still has no points. He's been bottled up. He's, his effort has been spectacular in Fiala's case. He even broke a stick the other night as he's had one great scoring chance after another that Fleury has just gobbled up. It's been unbelievably frustrating. And, of course, shots being blocked. Uh, Ian Cole had a spectacular block shot in game one. But really, ever since then... I mean, the Wilds' defense hasn't been that bad. It hasn't been that good. Vegas, as it's just as the series continues to move forward, Vegas has been pulling further and further away from the Wild, where it went from look like it looked like it was going to be an epic close series to now it looks like it's going to be a five-gamer. I mean, just, you know, we're going to be six feet under Monday night. That's what it feels like. Um, not trying to be negative. It's just the way it looks. I mean, you had five unanswered freaking goals and then a 4 nothing loss the next, next game. It leaves you feeling like what the hell's next, other than, like, curtains for you. Clearly, this team isn't ready to make a cup final run, obviously, or even a conference final run, that type of thing. The one thing that's been miffing everybody in this series, and really well before that, but even more so in the series, is Victor Ask. And there is just no accountability with this guy whatsoever. The mistakes, just the poor play, the inability to keep up, sounds like Zach Parisi you know, the inability to keep up. And, well, you know, when there was an accountability with Zach Parisi for that selfish play against Vegas when we lost an OT back in the regular season, all that. You know, trying to get Felino his uh, hat trick and all that. Where, where Victor Rask, it just seems like there is no accountability. It's Victor Rask. I mean, he's got to be out there. I don't understand it. It's one thing you thought he was 
treated unfairly in the Bruce Boudreaux era. It's another where it's like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like, what is going on? It's like Anthony Peeler with the Timberwolves years ago. Like, what evidence, what <laughs> nude pictures of somebody does this guy have that is holding this team hostage? What is the deal here? Or is it Bill Guerin trying to showcase the guy in some kind of trade? I don't know. I mean, Victor Rask has some moments. Yes, he's been clutch on occasion. But in this series, he's been nothing short of absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. The, the terrible turnovers and, of course, a scoring chance that most of us would probably have scored on, as long as we can stand up on ice skates. Uh, some of us can do that. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, but those of you that can actually stand on ice skates would probably be able to score on the play, and he somehow found a way to miss it. I don't know. I, I, I didn't understand it. I don't think anybody does. And not only is that, but he's on the first power play unit, this and that. Obviously, it shows that this roster needs serious help at the center position. That's a given. <laughs> at least we have two guys that are legitimate centers that could still be here, even after like significant changes are made, which there will be made at the center position to actually help us have centers on the bleeping roster. Those guys are Jules Erickson-Eck, and I think Nick Benino, uh, Nick Benino can be brought back as well to be the fourth-line center. And he can even play wing on the fourth line. And that would be his role, like a one-year, $2 million deal, something like that. He's not going to get $4 million again. Um, obviously, Victor Rask, you know, he's making $4 million, $4.2. It's just disgusting. It's frustrating. Sure, he had some moments in Carolina, blah, 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 blah. We can say that till the cows come home. But, I mean, the only guy in this town who really defends him is Pat Michelotti, and it drives me nuts. It gets to a point of like, okay, dude, we, we know. We know he's got some value on occasion. If Victor Rask is going to play for the Minnesota Wild, it's as a fourth-line center or winger, and that's it. Maybe, maybe on the penalty kill, on occasion, maybe a second penalty kill unit or something. Power play? Get the hell out of here. Second line? Get the hell out of here. That type of thing. Obviously, the second line is a situation where, again, the roster is what it is. It's a struggle. It's The struggle is very clear, as some people might say. If you can somehow bring in, obviously, you have prospects, you know, like a, uh, <laughs> like, like a Marco Rossi can be your second line center, hopefully. God willing, he could be a second-line center for this team. Maybe even a top-line center after that as his health and his play and everything catches up and he becomes hopefully a legitimate like stud player like a lot of us hoped he was going to be when he was selected ninth overall in a, in a draft where he could have, uh, in a normal draft, where he might have been able to go third or fourth with the uh, amazing depth of the draft last October. Uh, but there's obviously room for another major player. Uh, centers are tough to get, but there is a possibility you can put, build, put together some type of trade, some type of free agency, or somebody else emerges in the draft. Somebody in the draft, one of the grape in, in the grapevine. Maybe Hovenoff ends up shocking everybody and becomes a an excellent top six type of guy. But again, uh, at the end of the day, Jules Erickson and Nick Bedino are the guys, the only centers I want really back. I mean, Nick Bukestad, I'm not in any rush to have him back. Not in any rush to have him back. I don't think he's going to come back anyway. I don't think there's any reason to bring him back, actually. I think he's just below average. He's a below average player. He's a very disappointing first-round pick. I mean, I'm sorry. He's a very disappointing first-round pick. There's a lot of, a lot of Gopher players have been huge disappointments that have gone first round uh, in the past. I think Eric Johnson is nowhere near being a number one overall pick, quite frankly. Sorry to say that. Sorry to offend all the Minnesotans out there that loved Eric Johnson going to the St. Louis Blues many years ago. But uh, number one overall pick... Whew, not even close, in my opinion. 
in my arrogant, humble opinion. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Parisi, Bukestad, Rask, if, if humanly possible. Matt Dumba, of course, can't be brought back. Uh, he, he just shouldn't be brought back. He is what he is. He's not going to get better. He's not going to get better. At least not here. And if he gets better somewhere else, I guess that's just Minnesota again for you. But I think he kind of is who he is. I, I think so. I think it's at the point he is who he is. Brent Burns had a uh, Brent Burns was here a much shorter amount of time. Uh, let's compare that to the Vegas era. About the about that time, about enough time where when we made a potentially lost Dumba to Vegas years ago, and well, that may you know who knows? Maybe he would have emerged as something because those next two years he looked absolutely spectacular, and then the pectoral injury happened, and he's not been the same since. Something's just mentally not there, and of course. All the, you know, that's when you could let go of some of the mental gaffes defensively on occasion, where you could let Dumba just kind of go. Uh, you know, you can just kind of let it go because he's a spectacular player. He might even, some people even saw him as a potential franchise player for the Wild. What do you think of that crazy thought? That doesn't even sound like remotely near where he would be today. Uh, it's just crazy to think of how things could change that quickly. But they did. And I'm sorry. To me, Dumba is an expendable piece. Kalen Addison has been unbelievable at the AHL level at an extremely young age. Brennan Mendel was unbelievably was unbelievable <laughs> in the AHL and the KHL at also a very young age. I think either one of those guys could help this franchise moving forward at the defensive position at the uh, right second second right defenseman position going forward and second power play unit, maybe even top power play unit going forward, because Spurgeon is more of a intangible defenseman than an offensive defenseman. Power play quarterback sounds more like Kalen Addison to me, and maybe even Brendan Mendel, who everywhere he's gone, he has exceeded expectations at the end of the day. Honestly, both of them have, uh, which is great. So, the change of culture hasn't completely happened yet. Plain and simple, it has not completely happened yet. The change of culture for this franchise at the end of the day, because we're still not, it's just not working. It's not working. Uh, Vegas is a better team, but it's like we're not even facing up to them anymore. They're just kicking our ass now. Uh, We faced up to them nicely, got punched in the mouth, and then, well, we hit the ropes, and that was it. And we're down for the count. (laughs) That's pretty much what's been happening. Maybe we'll get up in Game 5 and keep fighting. Otherwise, well, it's uh, the the referee's already at about seven or eight right now, and obviously once it gets to ten, it's a knockout. Unfortunately, we're getting pretty close to that. At the end of the day, it's been a frustrating series. It looked super promising, but all this bragging, all this happiness about beating the Vegas Golden Knights, and especially at the Excel Energy Center, and this and that, the Wild have sucked at home forever. Remember, we fell down. Three games to one versus Vancouver and Colorado. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. We fell down in those series, even during those amazing runs. Remember, we lost both home games against the Anaheim Ducks when we got swept. So, we have sucked at home pretty much forever. Obviously, game six in both series were big clutch moments. But we also lost game three and four in both series. Don't forget. So, that's a losing record. Two and one, uh, excuse me, one and two. A losing record. In spectacular series, the Wild came back and won. Don't forget that. Even in those series, and of course, like I was saying, the Wild have never have never won a series where they had home ice advantage. Never. And had a 3-12 and record overall in those three series. 
That's horrible. It's sad. You thought the Wild were going to go on this huge playoff run. I did. My hands raised. Second best record in the National Hockey League behind only the Blackhawks. Yes, the Blackhawks also got eliminated by the National Predators, which was freaking funny and cool. They got beat by the National Predators and went all the way to the Cup Final. The Wild got beaten five games against a St. Louis team that looked like they were on the ropes as well. Of course, a year later, after a couple of nice, uh, year and a half later, two, two years later, after a couple of nice moves to improve things, they went on and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and, well, we, we haven't gotten past the first round since then, unfortunately. Is there a run in this team? I don't think so. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't think so. Uh, I think the Wild actually do not survive Game 5. I don't think we survive Game 5. I don't think too many people would disagree with that. I'm not going to get really analytical on this at this time. Maybe as I head into the offseason, I'll get more analytical about things and come back with something. But at this point, I wanted to get kind of caught up on the series, uh, feed off the emotions of it, and hear from you as well in segment number two, which is coming right up. There's nothing really more to say about the prospects other than I'd like to see Matt Boldy play at least in game five. Why the hell not? At least get his feet wet in the postseason. It's not going to change any of his contract status. It's gonna, not going to mess anything up. And I don't think it's going to, like, toss him in without any... <laughs> it's not like throwing him in there without any training wheels or anything. I don't think he's that in over his head coming into the National Hockey League. Even though, my, you know, even though I'm sure it might be a little bit scary going against this Vegas team. But why the hell not? loosey-goosey, go out there, enjoy it, and hope for the best. That's about all you can do at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction right after this. Segment number two, fan interaction segment. Two things I'll get to first, though. The Vigit application. Got to get to that right away. The Vigit application. Do download that on your Apple or Google uh, smart device, I'm sure. Smartphones and all that stuff. It's basically social media for sports bettors. These are different options you can do with it. Social media for sports betting. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit betting leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who... The best sports better is over the course of a month. Free to play sportsbook. Bet free coins, win real prizes, or betting stats. There's great information available on Vigit, like line movement, where the public is betting. And of course, this does not represent uh, real money wagering. They don't uh, do that. They don't do real money wagering. It is more like play money, basically. But you can actually win real prizes. That's the cool part. Bet free coins, win real prizes. It is real betting lines. So you can kind of compete against other people, including, uh, including like a group and such, particularly in the postseason. Like, I'm betting Edmonton versus Winnipeg tonight. Of course Edmonton's going to win and all that. Edmonton's going to win. They're down two, two games to zero versus the Winnipeg Jets. they got to survive. they got to have some type of survival mode going now. I mean, heck, you got two of the best scorers on all the planet and all that. And they're up 4-1. to one. Okay, looks like I'm going to win this bet. That's yeah, 4-4. Four to four. Yeah, it's 4-4. Four to four. That's great. Way to go, Edmonton. Great job. What is their problem? Man, they are something. Edmonton sucks. Well, at least they scored some goals. And, of course, 
yeah, Edmonton sucks. <laughs> it just is what it is. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that also. That's the other thing I was going to get to. But we're going to wrap this up first. Of course, do download the application. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. And, of course, they are affiliated, and that would only help Brave the Wild in a lot of ways. To uh, tell them Brave the Wild sent you, in the referral section, just say Paladino Live. One word, and I will put that in the show description for that information. Appreciate it in advance so, so very much. And thank you, Vigit, of course, for being affiliated with Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion, and Purple Mafia. Greatly appreciate it there. Now I'm going to dig into the postseason just a tiny, tiny bit, maybe laugh at myself and some of my picks and everything, because I can do that. I can. I can laugh at myself. Well, I'm not laughing about the New York Islanders pick yet. Uh, They've competed nicely against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, they won game one, lost the next two, and now they've tied it up. I'm very proud about the Boston pick over Washington. They're looking great. Looks like they might win that thing in five. The St. Louis Blues series. Well, I thought they were going to beat Colorado. I thought they were, I mean, I was out on a limb and all that. St. Louis is on a mission. They're going to kick everyone's ass. They're going back to the Cup Finals. We'll see what happens against Carolina, but they're going all the way. No, they're not. They're not going all the way. They're just not. Uh, Colorado Avalanche sweep the St. Louis Blues, and it wasn't even a series. We thought we were bad. Ha! Colorado. Colorado probably would have swept us if we survived, but I don't know. I hope Vegas beats Colorado. As frustrated as we probably are at this moment with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, screw Colorado, man. Go Vegas. I hope they kick their butts. And they just might. Vegas gets past Colorado. They are going to the Cup Final. No questions asked. And I think they win the Cup Final versus even Carolina. I think Vegas wins the Stanley Cup if they get past the Colorado Avalanche. I'm actually going to pick that right now. They're going to beat They're going to beat everybody as long as they can get past Colorado at the end of the day. So, Toronto-Montreal, that was a really late start to that series. Uh, well, it's one-to-one. Montreal won game one. Toronto won game two. That's nice. Winnipeg had Edmonton over Winnipeg. And it looked like Edmonton was going to finally win a game in the series after losing both games in Rogers Center. McDavid and Drysdale, not a single point. And, well, they're up four to one. They uh, Drysdale has multiple points. McDavid has one. And they're up 4-1, to one, and they end up blowing the lead, and they're in OT now. And they're skating around right now on NBC Sports Network, at least as I'm, as I'm recording this segment right now. Carolina was doing good for a little while. The Nashville now, they've won two games in a row in overtime fashion. Congratulations, Nashville, making a competitive series versus the Carolina Hurricanes. I had them winning the Stanley Cup. I was correct about Tampa Bay beating Florida. At least it's, it's sure looking that way. Florida finally won a game after going down 2 nothing at home. Jeez, that sucks when you lose both of your home games like that. But, um, well, it's not over yet, but it probably will be. It was funny how the first three games all went to the road team and then Tampa Bay protected home ice. There's a very good chance they could repeat those cup champs. I'm not picking it, but they could. They absolutely could repeat as Stanley Cup champs. We'll see how that turns out at the end of the day. Let's get to fan interaction if I can try to here. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and for Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Yes, it's annoying. And unfortunately, it's very inactive over there. People just don't post over there, but the Twitter account's extremely active, so I guess we'll stick to that <laughs> for the time being. Thank you so much, Brian Herrera, for this share of the least, uh, of, of the most recent episode. Pardon me, about eight days ago now. Wonderful podcast that's in depth and takes time to listen to fans. Brave the Wild takes the time to dive deep and make sure they recognize their fans. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hope I'm not stumbling and bumbling around too much, Brian, today. I hope not. I'm feeling like I'm stumbling and bumbling all over the place. Tom Hayen also shared it. Thank you so much, Tom. 
says, hashtag Minnesota Wild, hashtag BTWMN. Thank you so much, Tom, for sharing the most recent show. So awesome. Derek Felska says, Listen to the, listened to the latest episode of Brave the Wild as Paladino Live, that's me, broke down the NHL playoff matchups, the Iowa Wild and the Minnesota Wild opening round series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Lots of fan questions from Tom Hayen, Shannon, Mike, Brian Herrera, and MN Johan. Also, check it out. Thank you so much, Derek, for that share. I really appreciate that. You are the greatest, honestly. Uh, at Crease and Assist, at Crease and Assist, definitely check out the uh, the freaking awesome job he does. I'm almost cursing, but he does a bleeping awesome job. He really does. Um, he does a spectacular job. Him and his wife, Teresa, she usually does the previews for games, and then Derek does the reviews, and then Derek also writes articles about stories here and there, about players, and just certain things going on, and he even wrote one about yours truly a, a while ago. That was just the coolest thing ever, and I appreciate that forever. I truly do. I do also write for Gone Puck Wild, but I've been insanely inactive, and I do uh, appreciate their patience over there. Hopefully I haven't been kicked off just yet, but so far I haven't, thank God. Loving the likes. Thank you guys so much. Lots of likes on the most recent episode, like the release of it. You guys are awesome. Wild Nation <clears throat> and Wild Brazil also retweeted the uh, most recent episode, the post about the most recent episode. You guys are just awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. And had some interaction with Isha of SodaPod once again as well, as we'll continue with that. Derek is showing the preview there. So yes, now I'm going to kind of be uh, shuffling through. And Johnny Drummond, who's emerged out of the UK lately, he is a really, really cool guy. Really cool guy, Johnny Drummond. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, he'd been, uh, we'd been, we started following each other. We messaged a little bit, and then he uh, shared this image here. He's wearing a wild jersey. Awesome, awesome green jersey there. Obviously, the classic one there. Uh, the, not the old one, the the new one, which is actually really good. One of the better wild jerseys in their history, over the course of time, of course. And what does he say here? He says, we're wild about the wild today here in the UK. We'll Kirill the Thrill goal machine cash his chips in Sin City, Minnesota Wild facing Vegas-born, 8 p.m. UK time. Yep, that was on Sunday afternoon, game one last week. Fun game, to, unfortunately. I mean, there were so many, so much back and forth in that game. It was actually a really good quality game. It was just annoying that we never scored. That was the annoying part. Uh, covering the Puck podcast says, be watching later. Hope the Wild makes this series fun, but I have my doubts. think Vegas are playing really well coming in, and uh-huh, you nailed it. Both teams played really well in Game 1. Luckily, Jewel Eriksenek and the Wild emerged in that one, but uh, since then it hasn't happened. Ah, well, thank you for the follow there, Pucks and the Puck, Pucks, Puck Stopper podcast, as I just followed that. Uh, then back just now. Shannon Walls. That was kind of an ongoing conversation. Back and forth about this jersey here, and I appreciate that. Interesting stuff. That's what kind of clogged this up a bit, but this is okay. Slapshot Sweethearts. Where, uh, there's like some giveaway with a jersey there. Puck and Pigskin Podcast. That's like, yeah, kind of like trying to involve all these different shows in it. Some kind of a drawing or something that eats up a bit of this section for a minute. Louis... Manders followed. I followed back. Thank you so much, Louie. Just, just keep it going here. Yeah, it's a thing that just gets a chain that just goes and goes and goes and goes. I'll try to get where I need to be. There was a preview. 
apologize for the delay here. I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody's uh, interaction here because yeah, I don't like to miss that. It's such a bummer. Okay, and Derek is replying to me about something here. That's why I do this because it might not have showed up in the regular uh, hashtag BTWMN conversation, which we're, we're going to get to. Here we go. Derek Felska shared Bodog's tweet saying, name the first player that comes to mind when you see this logo, and that is the Atlanta Thrashers. He says Danny Heatley. Uh, and I, I agree with that. Danny Heatley went number two overall in that expansion draft, or actually in that uh, entry draft that year. Danny Heatley ended up being a spectacular player out of Wisconsin and really, really became something for Atlanta for a while. And, of course, history became interesting there, unfortunately, where a teammate was killed in a car crash with him in the car and all that. It's just a really not good situation. I believe drunk driving and all that. That's just really terrible. Horrible. Still had a hell of a career to Danny Healy and then his shoulder went out and was never the same with Minnesota and all that. <clears throat> his skating wasn't real good either. Um, I responded with no doubt. The only other one that would come to mind as in a player would have been Andrew Burnett. He was the number two scorer on that team when the Minnesota Wild signed him after our first season. I was like, oh my God, what an interesting free agent signing. He's the number two leading scorer on the Atlanta Thrashers, and we got him, and he was actually pretty good, like a 50 to 60 point guy, and he was that with Minnesota as well. He was wonderful. Sorry about the noise here. Um, I was saying, I remember we were uh, signing him. I couldn't believe it. Derek responds with, I remember talking to Teresa about how excited I was to get such a potentially good player also, but the Wild had set a pretty low bar for what would be a good player on that team, especially with our spend as little as possible approach. And yes, in those days, the Wild spent as little as possible. And that was a major complaint for many, 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 many years. But cool little back and forth there. What was I saying here? Okay, yeah, because I responded with saying that's for sure. We were very cheap back then. He was an exciting addition, no question. Especially considering we had almost nobody other than Gabrick who could score. Derek says pretty much beyond some occasional goals from Walls, Laxon, and yep, anti-Laxon. Isn't that cool? Scott Pellerin when he was here for like half a year or so, uh, through two-thirds of a year. Goals were pretty hard to come by with that original wild roster. Boy, they were. At the end of the year, when a lot of those good veterans were traded away, it was really slim pickings. I mean, the Wild would get one or zero goals pretty much the rest of the year. Guys like Pavel Patera were playing. Minnesota Rube responds with Heatley and Gabrick never played on the Wild, played together on the Wild. And no, he said, I'm sorry, thinking you were thinking you were talking about Ender Burnett, didn't read closely enough. And that's okay. Minnesota Rube. Uh, yep, they never played together. And yeah, I was talking about uh, Brunette. And eventually it became Heatley. So we ended up taking both of their early leading scores, huh? What do you think of that, Atlanta? And now they're the Winnipeg Jets, and they're on the screen right now. There's the Atlanta Thrashers skating against the Edmonton Oilers right now. They just happened to move north, not to Calgary this time. Uh, this time it was to Winnipeg, which needed a team again. And I would still take those old Winnipeg jerseys any day of the week over these current Labatt blue-looking things. Uh, so boring. I don't like those uniforms either. I just don't. It's boring. Winnipeg Jets are the most... Ugh. They're, they're a good team. They've had some good players. Obviously, Blake Wheeler's unbelievable. Great goaltending. Good coached, or well coached, pardon me. Nice kind of a border battle type of situation because they're really close to Minnesota. And um, ah, But I hate their uniforms. Hate their uniforms. Their logo's lame. Ugh, don't like it. Lame. They could have done much better. Thank you, Gabe Sorensen, for the follow. Gave him a follow back because I'm such a nice guy. Puck Magic also. Same thing there. <coughs> It's all this Granlin talk. Granlin. 
Okay, now we'll continue to move up. What the hell is this all about? Hmm. Ah, it's just that jersey thing. Yes, it's cool and everything, but it's like <laughs> clogging my entire <laughs> it's a clog in my entire thread here, so mm, it's kind of tiring at the end of the day because most of those people don't follow the show. They've probably never heard of the show, and that's okay. I wish it didn't show all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was this? <laughs> Tyler Cool was saying, "All I want is a free wild sweater." Sorry for your husband. Sorry for bringing your husband into this. Okay. Okay, well, I'm, yeah, let's really move on if we can. There's the preview. There wasn't a whole lot of conversation for a little while. It picks up again. I apologize for the delay here. But, you know, generally speaking, again, it's just the frustration of this series and, again, exposing certain players as exposable. That's the good part about all this. Okay, here's a little bit here. Yep, there was the preview. Center Ice View says, Had a chance to pursue the preview before the uh, the game this time. What the Wild have going for them is home ice. Otherwise, there's not a lot else there. Special teams matchup is not good. Will we see another old-school Wild performance? Yeah, well, we certainly did in terms of if you're talking about playing like crap at home in the postseason. Yeah, I think so. Derek Felsko responded, saying, last change, but now it's up to Rao and Barese. They need a spark from somewhere, and then they must sustain it. And well, There's no spark at all. It was like trying to kindle wet logs. That's about what it looked like out there. And I said, bleep this crap. That was after the uh, shorthanded goal. Isha of the Soda Pod says yes. I cursed. I was in a cursing mode. Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand, says Kaprizov has been an absolute non-factor in this series. I had such high hopes, and it's just another Minnesota disappointment. So far, man. So far, Tanae. And yep, comes from Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia, and he joined Brave the Wild. Isn't that cool? And that was when I was saying, it's Minnesota sports. We get all happy with ourselves in the regular season, and here come the playoffs. It's always a 1A. We used to even beat the Blackhawks in regular season games, but here came the playoffs, and good night. Isha responded with... God, I hate these stupid people with their stupid car alarms. Oh, my God. And Winnipeg just won. God. Oh, Edmonton's probably smashing their TV screen right now. Isha Jerome says, People actually think the NHL conspired to give Vegas an advantage over the Wild. Vegas-born is living rent-free in the heads of those Wild fans. Oh, how the tables have turned in just three playoff games. And like I was saying about the Blackhawks and how there was a big 180. And then uh, Isha responded with Chelsea Dagger Nightmares. Oh, yeah, Patrick Kane on the break, and he scores! Patrick Kane on the break, it was always like that. There was just no chance. Patrick Patrick Kane had any type of... Uh, uh, any type of a lead on anyone, it was like over. It was over. Um... I was saying, God, yes. Who could forget those games where it was 3 nothing before we could sit down? If Patrick Kane was ever by himself, it was it was like automatic. Issa responded with, That song tortured both Wild and Canuck fans. No wonder I connected with you all so easily. Oh, you have that da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, yeah, you know what it is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Josh responded with, Yep, he's, he's, yep, but I was talking about how, yep. 
I was responding to Tanae about Kaprizov and the Minnesota disappointment. Uh, I responded with, I feel the same. It's like the Minnesota Twins making the playoffs. Different group of players, different coach, same result. Yep. Yep. Josh responded with, to be fair, we knew this team wasn't a contender as soon as they started playing good teams. Not many options out there for Bill Guerin to improve. Failure to move expiring contacts due to some crazy idea that these guys would win a cup hurt the rebuild more than this than this one uh, one round loss helps. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I understand that. It's it's tough. It's tough to make moves. It truly is, obviously. In, but sometimes addition by subtraction can be good, too, in some ways. Obviously, freeing up cap space certainly won't hurt. And if uh, Dumba ends up going for nothing, at least you get rid of the uh, the $6 million of cap space because we have too much money tied into our defenseman. Too much. Suter's contract is what it is, and he's still okay. He does not. He's not blowing anyone's socks up, but he's still okay. Brodeen's awesome. Spurgeon's awesome, generally speaking. And he's the captain, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't think they could win a cup necessarily, no. Especially with no centers. I mean, just, you know, Chularksenek is a center, but he's a, you know, he's a middle six center. I'll leave it at, at that point. And back to the, uh, <laughs> back to the, the whole, I was saying it was really torture when it came to the uh, Chelsea Dagger. It was really torture. It was taunting us every single time. Isha says, I hate it so much. And I was saying, me too, 1,000%. I didn't do it. Sounds like it's really close by. Ooh, I didn't do it. Black Space says, here's the last time that each of the core four Minnesota teams won multiple games in the postseason. Here it comes. The Wild, 2016. Okay, well, at least it was 2016. The Wolves, 2004. The Twins, 2002, like I was talking about versus the Oakland Athletics. The Vikings in 1987, and that's, yeah, all those NFC Championship games we went to in 98, 2000, uh, 2009, and 2017. We only won one playoff game because we already had the first round by. 87, the Vikings uh, had to win the first round and then the second round. But uh, if the Vikings would have won two playoff games, we would have been in the freaking Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be great? I said uh, Coors Light sucks. Nicholas Turner, because there was a Coors Light commercial during the game. I just don't like Coors Light. It's garbage. It's garbage, okay? Sorry. It's bad. Uh, Nicholas Turner says, only premium, <laughs> grain belt premium American lager. Well, if you want to stick to the very plain average type of beer that's not craft beer, I guess so. It's it's not bad, but it's not bad. It's better than like Coors Light and Miller Light. But, <laughs> yeah. Let's just say Sierra Nevada torpedo is a little better. I, I lean that way. Sebastian uh, Sebastian uh, Black Space Gaming says, no, 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 Coors Banquet is my favorite. I'm like, yikes, what do I drink? And I showed the uh, Sierra Nevada torpedo. That's my favorite. He was saying, uh, he responded with, IPA beers, from my experience, are like licking tree bark. Well, that's because you're not used to pops yet, I guess. <laughs> that's unfortunate, but that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes. Let uh, Isha and the state of Hoppy uh, educate all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, they should talk about Sierra Nevada Torpedo, but they probably like to stick semi-local around here in the Twin Cities, even though each is from Vancouver, as he'll remind you again and again and again and again and again. You get the idea. <laughs> he will remind you many times. Derek Felsica says, Do you think we'll see any changes to the Wild coaching staff if this team does flame out in the first round as it appears to be? Um, I'm thinking they're gonna 
I'm thinking probably not. Maybe the power play coach at the end of the day. That maybe, because it's been such a disaster. Part of that is just personnel, though, at the end of the day. If you can't win a gosh darn face-off, which the Wild can't do, and the Wild haven't done it all in this series. I mean, I mean, we even want to face-off for our life in this series. That's part of the problem uh, at the end of the day. In a way, it's more personnel. I'm thinking they're probably not going to make a move on a coaching staff, even though maybe they should if we're going to keep playing Victor Rask like he's God Almighty out there. Jay Bushy. So now we're getting into these current questions from Derek, Jay, and, and Jay. Really, really appreciate you guys. Jay says, the Minnesota Wild has overachieved this season with facing another potential first series loss. I do expect some roster changes. Me too, Jay. <laughs> I don't want them to sell the farm to get a number one center in a trade this offseason. Don't get me wrong. If a deal makes sense, do it. Thoughts? I agree with that in a big way. Don't sell the farm to get a number one center. But at the same time, I mean, pray to God there is something out there that does make sense because the center situation really, 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 really sucks. We have to hope and pray to God that uh, Marco Rossi is ready to go next fall. That would be a nice boost, a huge boost, a huge way to build from within, continue to draft well. And there's got to be... You know, and maybe pray to God in heaven somehow, some way, we can acquire Ryan Nugent Hopkins somehow, some way. And again, cap space by just letting Dumba go to Seattle if that were to happen, if if they even select him because of the contract. It's not the worst contract in the world, but it sure as hell ain't the best. It's a bit of an albatross when you consider Dumba's production, his hockey IQ, this and that, has not been what it needs to be. I'm not saying he's a dumb person or a dumb player, but... Uh, to me, I'd rather have Jonas Brodine. That's all. That's all. I, I just see better play from Jonas Brodine. Brodine's provided more offense than Matt Dumba this year. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? I mean, what more do we need to say when it comes to Brodine versus Dumba? There is no conversation anymore between Brodine and Dumba. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, luckily, there probably aren't a whole lot of people that are going to be arguing with me or any other. Uh, any others out there. If Seattle selects him and wants to take a chance on the $6 million contract and, you know, he's, a, he's an exciting player who might really get going in Seattle, good. And maybe a little bit of extra cap space can help the Minnesota Wild acquire a free agent of some cor- uh, some sort. Of course, we got to re-sign certain players. You know, obviously, you can save $2 million signing Benino to $2 million rather versus 4 Maybe, obviously get some cap relief with Parisi being traded away somehow, some way, you know, to eat up some of that. We eat up some of the uh, cap and they take some of it. Uh, Rask, maybe this uh, similar situation there. Pray to God, please. Um, Johansson coming off the books. Guys like that. But yes, you have to, obviously, you're going to have to give major pay, pay raises to the two best players on the team. That's part of the reason we need cap space. And part of the reason why certain players won't be coming back, Johansson, no chance, unless it's like one year for like a million and a half or something. I don't think he's going to accept that, if the Wild offer him that, but maybe that is what we offer. It's just, okay, let's see what happens. (laughs) 1.7, like Ryan Hartman. Ah, that kind of thing. I don't think you'd even get it. I don't know. I don't even know if he's worth that right now with us. Maybe on a different team he's worth three. So, good luck to Ryan Johansson. Please, speedy recovery for that, for him, though, in all sincerity. Uh, great question, Jay. You got me going, and that's good. Got me going. It, it, it's important. I don't want to trade the farm. As much as I'd love to have Jack Eichel on this team, he's not as productive as some other, you know, he's not as 
I'm not sure he would make as much of a difference as some people might think. Though, of course, again, compared to a Victor Rask playing on the top line, yeah, there's that big thing. But if you're going to give up two major prospects, two draft picks, you know, that's a lot. And that would suck. Or like, say, a star player like Fiala, one of the major prospects and two draft picks, two first-round picks, that's expensive as hell. That's giving up a lot. It's giving up a lot, and it's hard to build through the draft when you don't have any first-round picks. Great question. So I agree pretty much on that one all the way there, Jay. Great. Uh, Derek says, are there any unrestricted free agents that were acquired last summer through trades or free agency that are worth keeping around, or would you clean house and start over again? At least one or two, and that would be Benino with a pay cut, which is probably like the meanest thing ever, but, well, he's a lot older, and he's not worth $4 million anymore. He's not. He's not a middle six player like he was when he signed the contract before. So, yes, Benino, if he's willing to take a pay cut down to about $2 million or even less than that, like Ryan Hartman took such a cheap contract, I couldn't believe it. If he's willing to stay at a cheap contract for a year or two, yes, uh, Benino. Uh, and Ian Cole, especially with the possibility of somebody departing, uh, if Susie possibly gets taken, or even Dumba, just for depth and, and all, all the ability he does bring. Sometimes he gets dumb penalties, which sucks. But again, if he would also be willing to... Uh, come back cheaper. If not, well, then it is what it is. Luckily, we have some uh, players coming up in the grapevine there at the end of the day. Maybe even keep Brad Hunt as a seventh defenseman for insurance, which wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Uh, great question, always, Derek. That was good, of course. That, other than that, yes, clean house. Other than those two possibilities, clean house. Um, Johansson, no. Bukestad, no. Um, yeah, no. I, I, I'm not interested in uh, Johansson or Bukestad coming back uh, Cole, it's like, I'd love to have him back, but if he's not willing to take a, a you know, not willing to kind of fit it, fit in, so to speak, with the cap, so be it. Uh, Bonino, yeah, I mean, I, I gotta, th- I can see him suiting up again. He's probably the most likely guy to come back. Jay Bushy continues, saying, where do we think Rossi fits in next season? Second line center or start season in Iowa? In, in Iowa? Hmm... I wouldn't be surprised if Marco Rossi starts the season in Iowa, but only for like a very short stint. Just because like jumping right to the NHL after all that. It would be quite a jump. It would be quite impressive if he's able to pull that off. I'm thinking it's going to be Iowa for a short stint. And then it's like, okay, it'll, it might be like a bully type of thing where it's like, whoa, he is really kicking ass more than a point a game. Okay, yes. Okay, come on up. We are so desperate. He is very talented. He's very competitive. He's probably going to come back better than ever. And all that. There goes that freaking panic alarm again. Oh, my God. I want to punch them in the face. Ugh. I'm like I'm like Matt Dumba just yesterday, you know, mixing it up. He got so frustrated. He got hit in the face or whatever, and he wanted to beat the hell out of I forget who it was. Now. It was a carrier or something like that. He wanted to beat the crap out of him. I'm thinking that about this stupid person with the car honking right now. God, get it together, you stupid moron. <sighs> there it goes again. I don't know how stupid people can be. <laughs> this world. I'm thinking you can hear that. Sorry. These stupid car alarms drive me nuts or panic alarm, whatever. Pardon me, uh, Jay. Really sorry about this. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking probably Iowa, and just depending on the situation, but probably Iowa because it's a huge jump to go from juniors 
to the NHL just like that, especially with this whole heart conditioning and con- condition and conditioning situation. That's my guess. Derek says, how many players do you think the Minnesota Wild are away from being a true contender, not just a regular season stud and postseason dud? At least two. At least two. And I hate saying that. Hopefully Rossi is legit. And then another one. Like another legitimate center type of position guy. At wing, I think we're potentially pretty pretty good, obviously. You got Kaprizov, you got Fiala, Adam Beckman in the uh, grapevine. Hopefully he pans out. Uh, Boldy, which I, who I think will pan out. I hope. I hope he does. Oh, my God. They can't get it together. I don't know what's wrong with these people. But, uh, yeah. Ooh, I think they need uh That's where Matt Dumble would come in handy right now. Like, go out and beat the hell out of this person for me, please. Come on, Matt. Go beat him up. Rip rip, rip their pectoral muscle for me. I've had it with this. It's so annoying. Um, let me think. But, um... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to stop. Uh, praying to God like a Nugent Hopkins. I know it's probably unlikely. Or some type of trade. Of course, even Jack Eichel's a possibility, depending on how much they want. You don't want to give up the farm, and if they want the farm, tell them no. That's about where I'd stand. There's probably some other moves out there that I'm not thinking about right now that would help this team. Even if it's just kind of a a lesser of a move, but still, he's better than what we have, that type of thing, like was brought up uh, earlier by Hoppy uh, a few shows back on uh, Soda Pod, back in April, if I remember correctly. Um, So, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm leaning at this point. At least two, maybe three, but kind of leaning that way, part of me. Derek says, can you explain to me what the standard is for goaltender interference asking for an NHL officiating friend of mine since he has no freaking idea what it may be? Apparently it was the skate in the crease, which is kind of BS, but apparently that's what it was. It's a BS rule. I guess that is the rule, and Pat Micheletti is standing by it, and I guess as much as I think Pat Micheletti is an absolute blowhard at times, especially with his freaking unexplainable defense of Victor Rask, to a point of insanity. Uh, uh, if, if that's the rule, that's the rule, I guess. I mean, it, it is what it is. It wouldn't have given us the game. It would have helped. The refs have not helped this team at all during this postseason series. I won't call it a run. Postseason series. But uh, I guess that's the reason. I, I, I guess. Kahos999 says, if you want the full thing, it's Rule 69. Seriously. So that would be the uh, the rules and such about the goal scoring. Derek Felska says, I've read it, and it's ambiguous, like the call. Yeah. <laughs> and that should wrap things up from what I can see. But I'll, I'll check it again, just in case. Just in case, because this might create a lot of chaos. Maybe Tom Han will pop up at the end of the day. Derek says, oh, here we go. Yeah, see, I'm glad I pressed that. Brian Herrera says, after Kirill's first shift, when he took the puck off his skate, he seemed to lose some speed and how he plays on his edges. Do you think that caused a minor injury that took him off his game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. For some reason, uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That could be. I mean, it, it something's not right, obviously. Something's not all there. 
And sometimes minor injuries can mess things up. They really can, because it might be might be a ton of pain right there. And if he's off by just a little bit, he might not be the same guy. And that's quite unfortunate, despite all of his toughness and such. Good, I'm glad I pressed this. It's actually got a couple more in there. Derek Felska says, with the Wild trailing 3-1 to one in their series against Vegas, do you have a wild question on your mind? And yep, thank you very much for that. Always, Derek. It's awesome. Uh, Brian Herrera again says, with Vegas and the Blues showing how to shut Kirill down, do you think Billy G will find a suitable center for him? And if so, who? I'm really hoping so. And I'm not really 100% sure at this time. I mean, because obviously options are limited. I just keep saying Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, if anything, he should leave He should, He should. leave Edmonton. It doesn't look like anything's happening there, but I'm sure they will do everything in their power to keep him because Edmonton needs him. But boy, he would be he would be a big star in Minnesota, I think, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think he would take off, potentially. He would certainly be elevated and back at the center position. Yep, um, that would be a big thing. Yep, and Brian Herrera, uh, Brian Herrera was saying, yes, you finally dropped the podcast. We'll listen to it. Oh, thank you so much. That is a, yep, I always appreciate that. I, I do. I'm not just one of those guys who's like, thanks. You know, that's all they say is thanks. Like, it doesn't mean anything to them. Nope, it, it means a lot to me, Brian, uh, Brian Herrera. I, I really appreciate that in a, in a big way. <sighs> Trying to think of who it could be, though, but I mean... Uh, I'm going to have to come back to you on that one, unfortunately. And I will definitely talk about that as we head into the offseason and such. Brave the Wild, uh, State of the Wild 2021. I'm going to have to come back at that one, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins is who I want the most. But I'm going to have to do more research on what possibilities the Wild could do. But uh, other than that, I mean, you're hoping and praying Rossi could be that guy. Uh, Hovanov, obviously there's the Russian connection, this and that. It'd be so nice if Hovanov pans out and becomes something. He's still out there. He's still out there. He's still our guy and everything. And he was just, you know, he, he's got a lot of potential still to be something going for, uh, going forward. Obviously, the thing did not have a good past few months here and all that. <laughs> he struggled in a big way in the KHL. So we'll see. I wish you could come to the AHL and see what happens. But he did not do uh, very well in Russia and didn't get along and this and that. Sounds like he's got a little bit of character issues. Hopefully we can clean that up. Uh, Kuznetsov would be a fantastic addition because he's extremely fast and he's just a really good playmaker and he's a good defensive player, but he is eons away from coming back, unfortunately, and he had that major shoulder injury. So there's players in the in the, in the the pipeline or grapevine and all that. There's players out there, but unfortunately they're just not here yet. That's just an unfortunate situation. So with that said, hoping the Wild can survive and surprise us all, but I'm guessing the next show will be State of the Wild 2021 in a few weeks. Otherwise, maybe I'll do a short little uh, catch-up on the postseason in between then, which probably wouldn't be the worst idea, and maybe the Wild surprise me and surprise everybody, and we'll keep this coming uh, as close as I can, at least once a week or something, keeping up with the postseason, if humanly possible. With that said, again, I want to give some shout-outs to MNW Prospects, of course. Very proud to be a part of that at MNW Prospects and Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Very proud to be part of that group. Unfortunately, the prospect seasons are over now, so now it's just NHL and postseason and everything. But uh, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, awesome guys there. Uh, Shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Chance Costick, David Costick, Chad Walski, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, David Abraham, awesome people there. 
great page. Highly recommended. Patrick Turner, Minnesota Wild Nation. Awesome as well. Thank you so very much. And some of us go for, uh, go through both of those pages, believe it or not, like myself. Uh, and of course, Vigit and Gunpuck Wild. Proud to be a part of that. Really proud to be a part of that. And uh, thank you guys again for the interaction you've had. Would, lo would love to have a call in at some point. It's been a long, long time since I've had one. Audio submission, you're always welcome to do that. Open your smart device, the free voice recording application that's out there. Just open that up, press record, start talking. Treat it like a phone call. Hit stop, save it, and then share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then you will be in the fan interaction segment. You'd actually lead it off with your voice, and that would be great really cool. Please do that. Keep it to about five minutes or so. Final thing, please write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. iTunes, Stitcher, or Audible are the three applications that allow you to do that. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild. It only helps in a big way, and I'll thank you so very much if you could do that. Otherwise, hoping for the best here at this stage, and otherwise <laughs> hoping for a successful offseason as we head forward. Sucks thing, Winnipeg sweeping out Edmonton so far. But I guess that's how that goes. Colorado sweeping St. Louis as well. It's kind of funny. But we'll, we'll get caught up soon, in a week or two at most. Until then, take care and enjoy the spring.